Wouldn't it be neat to hear another law show from the same type of attorneys talking in the same monotone voice, saying the same old things over and over again? Ah, no. This is Legacy Lawyers. On Legacy Lawyers, you get two big things. Number one, we talk about the juicy details of cases that our law firm has dealt with. Of course, changing the names and details to protect client attorney privilege. And we dive into what options the clients had to choose from to fix their situation. Number two. Number two. You get educated about how the effects of not doing planning can be devastating. Let's get into it. This is Legacy Lawyers. And here are your hosts, Michael Haslam and Nathan Croxford. Hey, everyone. What's going on? Nathan, how goes it? I'm good. We're kind of, we're kind of in the midst of uh, summer here. Oh my gosh. Yeah, like a month early summer. Kind of almost like the dog days of summer, it feels like, because it's been crazy hot, but it's not. Mm-hmm. It's still the start. Yeah. But you know what that means, right? When summer comes, it's time bitsy, to... Bitsy, teeny, weeny, yellow polka dot. <laughs> I don't know what. Yeah, that was a, I wasn't going... That's, that's true. So when all, it's the best time to get all your toys out, right? You get, oh. your, get your boats, you head to the lake. Well, you can have toys in the winter too. Like yeah. People have snowmobiles. But let's be honest. The I'm best a, toys are in summer. The, I'm a huge fan of the snowmobile. Get your motorcycle. Go on your mo- four-wheelers, your razors, your... Mm-hmm jet skis your water bikes <laughs> those little tiny speed boats that like yeah. those two-person speed boats that can go like mach 17 yeah it's time for the toys like and you think oh they're so dead like mm-hmm. what about your like canoes and yeah and kayaks kayaks that's your camper trailer. Inner Time tubes? to go camping. Inner tubes? Yeah, you maybe you can float on those. <laughs> no, I'm saying that because I know we're going to talk about tangible personal property. I'm trying to get you to stop me when I come up with something that wouldn't fit the definition, but I probably an inner tube would. Yeah, it's it would. I don't know. That would it's be not funny. A vehicle that's going to require transfer via a small estates affidavit for motor vehicles or one that you'd have to put in your trust to avoid we, probate we can picture it right like the four kids are all in mom and dad's garage <laughs> they're they're taking turns picking what they want and the number two item is the inner tube yeah, or hopefully there was an inner <laughs> tube for everyone so everybody can just take we okay let's just lay out the ground rules to start with everyone gets their own inner tube the inner tube they grew up on 
<laughs> Those could have been used for snow or water. Memories there. Mm-hmm. Everyone They're gets also their... a good way to get killed on snow. Yeah, aren't you still recovering from an yeah, inner almost, tube injury? <laughs> I almost broke my neck, seriously. Like, I mean, we can laugh about it because it was funny, but <clears throat> I got launched off of a big overinflated inner tube and up in up in your neck of the woods and it was a legit hill too and I got thrown forward just far enough that I kind of landed on the back of my head but my the rest of my body hadn't come over yet so it just mashed my chin into my chest and then just I just ground to a halt I remember just sitting up and going you know when you get hit really, really, really hard and you just think, how is it possible for something to hurt that bad? <laughs> and then instantly my neck started to freeze up. And I think I was going to the chiropractor for at least three months, twice or three times a week, just trying to get my neck back into. So yeah, you got to be careful in those inner tubes, man. You better well, have your estate planning in order before you get on one. You probably should. I For like youth activities, there was always that activity, right? Where everyone would go sledding on the inner tube. And there was always someone taking someone to the doctors. Yeah. It was like, now as I'm older in hindsight, I'm like, I don't know why they did that. Like, let it, just let everyone go injure themselves on their own time. Yeah. Know why it needs idea. to be a good group, a big group. Although if you're going to do it, you want to go with an organization like that so that there's a huge, there's a fat insurance policy. (laughs) You don't think the waiver covers that, huh? No, I don't actually. Probably right. Well, let's start with our our disclaimer, right? So thanks everyone for joining us today. We're going to be talking about personal property, right? So that's like, hey, you know, who gets my watch when I pass away and who gets the family heirlooms and all of that, all of that stuff that we accumulate for a lifetime eventually gets taken care of when we pass away. And so that's something that every family deals with. And unfortunately it's something that can go very, very wrong, which we'll talk about when, what causes that sometimes. But before we jump into it, me and Nathan's podcast is for educational purposes only. Although we are attorneys, we are not giving legal advice for your specific situation and you need to seek independent legal counsel. So with that being said, Nathan, what is your favorite personal property story or least favorite? Either way. I actually have a couple of stories that I don't know if I'd call them favorite or least. I don't know. They Neither of them were fun, but um, one of them involved some pottery that the family had made with dad. So the kids had made this pottery with dad. And it's one of those things where, I don't know, I get this, I don't know, you tell me if you get this, but people will say to me, yeah, I have a really straightforward estate, we don't own that much, Um, 
so our plan should be really simple and no issues, right? And I go, yeah, actually some of the bloodiest cases I've ever worked on involved like one of them, this is, has nothing to do with tangible personal property, but probably the worst probate or a state administration type case that I worked on. And it was in a litigation setting where it had gone to court, was over a home that had about $200,000 of equity in it. So I just have to say, yeah, no, that's not how it works. It's not how much stuff is in the estate. And so this story about the kids working with dad, making this pottery just demonstrates this. They're paying lawyers thousands of dollars to litigate over pottery that had absolutely no, I realize there's, you know, sentimental value, but I mean, this was worth nothing. It was worth nothing. Monetary. You couldn't, you could not have sold it in a yard oh, sale. Oh my gosh. No. 50 cents. No. Oh, I mean, maybe, I don't know. I didn't actually ever lay eyes on any of these items, but from the sounds of it, it was like, you know, they'd gotten on a pottery wheel. What do you call those? But they're actually spinning the pots. Yeah. Pottery but wheel. How, how good could the pots be? Like they're not making, they're not making vases that are worth a million dollars or a thousand dollars. So no, I don't think you could have sold this stuff, but you know, throwing haymakers from a legal standpoint at each other over this pottery. So that was really disappointing to deal with that, but kind of drove home the concept that, Hey, it doesn't matter what you're talking about. If it's an item that somebody cared about, people are willing to lay down money to, to go to battle over it. So I find the biggest problem with personal property that gets to that point is it's, it's much more of a, like, it's the question of who should get the items is not quite as important as the question of like, logistically, what's the process of dividing up those items? Because because if the logistics of it or the process or the way you go about it is done right, it's really hard to have an upset family member. But if, but if when it's not done right, then it's really easy to get even the most calm and forgiving and easygoing person really frustrated and upset. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, this situation, nobody had done anything, so far as planning goes so there was there was there were no logistics there was one sibling that basically was holding everything hostage and refusing to so they had all the pottery mm -hmm. there it's mine i mean that's a logistics issue right like mm -hmm. uh, no you don't get to keep it and no you don't get to be in charge of dividing it up like we need a process for everybody should get a piece of it and but nobody had decided on that and so when emotions are high and people are running hot like that's the last thing they're able to do is think rationally about okay how's the best way to solve this without and so what they end up doing is hiring lawyers so how do they get how do they end up with all the pottery they just were the first to the punch do you remember mm -hmm. Gosh, it's been a while. I don't actually remember that. Um, or it may have been one of those things where, you know, 
nobody had thought about it until and yeah the one sibling had them all and and i think that person knew that each one of the kids had done one of these with dad so it should have been simple it should have been like okay well i've got mine and you've got yours and here it is and here it is and here it is but that is not how it was going down So what's your favorite way to handle personal property? Do you have a favorite or just always case by case? Not litigation. <laughs> yeah, I like that. That's <laughs> it's my favorite anything, too. Anything no not litigation. litigation? No, because sometimes like behavior that would normally be going on inside of a litigation case, a lawsuit can, can be happening without there being a lawsuit. And that's, that's bad too. Um, I think using a a good, clear, well-executed, tangible personal property memorandum where you list where the person who passed away lists the item and who's to receive it. I mean, I'll give you an example. I had a, here's how you know you should do this. Like everybody should do this because whether you know it or not, there's items that your loved ones care about. But in this case, like the minute I brought up that part of our planning process is that we help people put together a good tangible personal property memorandum. And when I explained what that was, the mom looked at the the dad and said, well, you know who's getting the 30-30. He's like, oh yeah, if she doesn't get the, it was daughter. Like if daughter doesn't get the 30-30, somebody's going to be on the business end of the 30-30. Because <laughs> that was a gun that um, that he had used, that they'd used together, that they had hunted with. And she considered that like her gun. And I don't think anybody in the family would have disputed that. But they knew right away that 30-30 was hers and it needed to go to her Mm -hmm. and i mean in some cases you can make it well yeah i'd say if if dad had you know if dad was in a situation where he could never shoot that gun again then you can gift it while you're alive it's hard to dispute that you've gifted it during your lifetime but i guess that's where we got into problems with the pottery is somebody was taking the position that it was all theirs. And so the fact that they had it in their possession, I guess the nine possession is nine tenths of the law. <laughs> has comes into play, so. has some relevance here. So I think maybe even if you have gifted items that, that are hot items, um, you should probably make a note that, you know, I gave this to so-and-so and I gave this to so-and-so and, of the remaining, this is who should get and so forth. Yeah. I think, I think to the extent family members know there's items that have sentimental value um, or even substantial financial value. Mm -hmm. If you can, if you can list specifically exactly who you want to receive that, that's ideal because it's really hard for someone to go against mom and dad's wishes, right? In the sense of like, they might've wanted that item, but they know mom and dad cared enough to put it in writing and say it goes to this kid. That's an easier thing to accept and be okay with. 
But if someone just feels, hey, that sibling just got to it before I did and I wanted it equally as much as them, then it's that's harder to like be okay with. Yeah. So one of the big mistakes I see, Nathan, is I'll get a call after someone's passed away and they're like, hey, you know, um, we just need some guidance on, you know, how to execute the estate plan, you know, do the trust administration or probate or whatever they're doing. And, and we ask them, you know, well, have you already divided up the personal property? Where's that at? And a lot of times they already have, they said, oh yeah, we all got together and everyone got the stuff they wanted and that's all done. And I say, okay, cool. And then I go and read what the estate plan says. And it says something different, right? It said, Hey, it's supposed to go. It's, it was supposed to follow this certain procedure. It was supposed to go to, you know, this, this kid was going to get the jewelry or the gun, or it it was supposed to be a family auction. It was, everyone was supposed to take turns. And so Robin draw straws and then go round Robin. Yeah. Go to one room at a time, um, stickers on the items, right? There's, we got, mm-hmm. we put stickers on everything and that says who gets what. So all these different ways. And so the family. Yeah. And I mean, in some cases that's going to be okay that they did it differently than the plan stated, as long as everybody's cool with it. But the problem is if you deviate from what the plan says and one person gets a burr in their saddle over how it was done. It just takes one person to like blow the whole thing up. Yeah. And point at the trustee and go, Hey, you didn't do your job or the personal representative and say, you didn't do your job. And then that person's immediately potentially exposed and has, it's just, it can be a mess. And you would think no one's going to do that. Right. Well, if they were there and they said, it's all good. They can't just later on to say, Hey, wait, I didn't get what I was supposed to. And now I'm, mm-hmm. now I'm upset. No, how can no, they do no, that? No. That's not how it works. So because I, they can point to the legal documents and say, well, I didn't, I had no idea that's how it was supposed to go. And I ended up with stuff I didn't want. And I, and he ended up with stuff or she ended up with stuff I wanted. And you were the trustee or the personal representative. And it was your job to referee this situation, make sure it went down the way it should have. And so, yeah, I'm going to sue you. And I actually had that exact thing happen. So one of the most frustrating cases I was involved in, the trustee met at the parent, their parents' home. All the kids were there. They went through and they all kind of said, hey, yeah, you take this. I'll take this. Everyone was, you know, all good with it. It was all fine. Um and then a month later, one of the kids realized that based on the terms of the trust, they really would have gotten more Would have gotten more if they would have stuck with that and not just been, you know, yeah, you take this, you take this. And um, they went to court. They filed the lawsuit and the estate was not worth very much. It was worth less than $200,000. It was less than, it was worth less than $150,000. It was not a, it was, there wasn't any logical reason to litigate this, but they did. 
and it went on for a while. And the other thing that can be disruptive, like major disruptive, is and I hear this way too much is like, well, so and so, I get a phone call, so and so's they, they pulled their trailer up there the day after mom and dad or mom died or dad died and they cleaned the place out. Like they have all the stuff. They loaded it all in a trailer and took it to their house. Now what do I do? And sometimes it's the trustee calling me saying that's happened. Yeah. And it's like, Then you know, it's, it's their throw down time. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, everyone can just pretend that didn't happen <laughs> or, or you gotta do your job Start as a trustee and send them a legal letter saying that they weren't, they job, weren't allowed yeah, to do that. Was, as a trustee is to come go back in there and say, uh, that's not how it's going to go. And in uh, part of the difficulty there for the trustee is they had a fiduciary duty to secure the personal property the second they knew the person passed away. By the end of this, no one's going to want to be a trustee ever. Like I got to go have the locks changed the second my parents die so that my crazy little brother Steve doesn't go in there and bring his horse trailer over and load it all in and haul it away. Yeah. You might yeah. have to. You will you you should if you have if you have any concerns that a family member is going to start taking personal property items before it's ready to be properly distributed, you got to go the locks. You got to go lock it up. Yeah. Put a security camera, bare minimum, Which right? So it's so sad, but that's your job. Later on, other beneficiaries could go, "What were you doing? What were you thinking? Why did you not?" We all knew crazy Steve would do this. <laughs> Sorry for anybody named Steve. Steve. <laughs> we 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 knew that. Yeah. And, and, it, and you kind of know, right? You kind of know the family members that are like, oh, yeah, they're going to start taking stuff mm-hmm. as soon as they can. So like four-wheelers or... Vehicles are a little easier, right? Because it's one thing to take the vehicle, but if they don't have the title, you at least, <laughs> you at least got some leverage to get it back. <laughs> they got it. And if it's... A, then it could be Grand Theft Auto, right? Like... Like, yeah, I know you took that, but, you know, the trust owns the title, so you need to bring that back. You need back. to bring that back, or I'm <laughs> calling the police, Steve, and they're going to haul you away for Grand Theft Auto. But the other items are harder, right? Like, hey, you need to bring that back. What? No, Mom and Dad gave that to me. I've, yeah, and you I've had that forever. in that scenario, and what's the, what's the police response always? They're like, I'm on this. I'm going to go and make them give you the item back. I'm going to make them apologize to you. And if they don't, I'm going to arrest them. Oh, that's never the response. The second they find out that it's an estate, they go, oh, this is their favorite. This is, I don't know. I, I'm, I, I'm just kind of riffing here. But I would imagine that in these scenarios, it's just such a relief for the police officer to be able to say, that's a civil matter you'll need to call a lawyer. (laughs) (laughs) I'm out. (laughs) And I can't tell you how many people they're like, well, you're not even going to take a police report. Sure. I'll take a report and then we'll file it in the round file. 
don't, but I mean, it go, it goes, it gets buried. It'll never be see the light of day again. It's like, and people call me, they're like, I can't believe it. The police are doing nothing. I'm like, Oh, I believe it. Like they got bigger fish to fry than crazy Steve who <laughs> hauled away all of grandma's ceramic knickknacks, hmm. you know, like two houses down they're they got a meth dealer they're watching. And that's the other tough thing about personal property is once it is gone, it's it, even if you win in court, like to get it back is still mm -hmm. challenging. Like <laughs> we had a case where part of the settlement agreement was to give back some of the personal property items. <laughs> and um, it was set up. There's supposed to be this exchange at a certain time at a certain place, right? The party's supposed to meet and exchange items. One of the parties no showed. Ghosted them. Yep. And then it's like, oh man, now we got to go back to court to get another order saying that they're. In order to show cause. Yeah, that they've. As to why you shouldn't be held in contempt and jailed. And but how far, how often have you seen it go that far to where somebody actually goes to jail over some pottery? I haven't seen anyone go to jail, but I've. But I, I've I've seen I've seen people not follow the orders. Oh yeah, all the time. And then, wait, Mike, are you saying that even if I go to court and I win, that sometimes I won't get what I'm supposed to get? I didn't say that. Well, I'll say it. I'll answer <laughs> that question for you, and the answer is heck yes. It's possible. Happens all the time, every day. Somebody wins in court, they still don't get the relief. Yeah, because you Sorry, still have to collect on that bad boy. Bubble. Like, you know, if someone told me this person owes me a million dollars, but they're worth five bucks. Yeah, which is a whole nother topic. Like, yeah, we digress. People about should we litigate? Well, you shouldn't if you think that it's about getting what you want <laughs> it's hard to get what you want in litigation so nathan what what's so you kind of mentioned you like the personal property memorandum um what's some other good tips to consider when you're deciding how to deal with your personal property i don't know i'm gonna put it back on you okay well one thing i like is making sure the trustee knows ahead of time that just because everyone says they're cool with it doesn't mean they're cool with it. And that if you're going to deviate at all from what the trust says, then you need something in writing from the beneficiaries and mm, a waiver. Yeah. I mean, at the bare minimum, an, e an email, right. Saying, Hey, I understand that we're going to meet to divide up the personal property and that the, and the trust says we can do it this other way, but we're going to do it this way. And I'm okay with that. Like you got to have something to yeah. show they waived their, they waived their rights as a beneficiary as with regards to the, the personal property. So, yeah. Yeah. That works. Cause then even though, so that's very different than the scenario we just talked about where it was done differently. And then somebody finds out later that that the plan wasn't followed because in that case they can say, well, I had no idea that's what the plan was. 
but if they have a if you have a writing that says yeah i know this is the plan i know this is how mom and dad or mom or dad wanted this um but where the family's deciding to do it differently and i agree with that well if you've done that then it's much harder to come back maybe impossible to come back after the fact and say well i didn't know yeah and in, and in that case it was really difficult where the person did that they they had a copy of the trust and they still said they didn't know that they were and we're like well how am i supposed to read this legal how did you not know and so i mean it made their case a lot harder but that's why even if they know what it says they still need to confirm in writing that they are okay with not following that requirement of the trust so, which feels weird, right? You tell your brother, Hey, you know, we're going to do it this different way. Everyone's okay with it. But before we do it, I want you to send me something in writing saying you understand that we're deviating from the trust. Um, it feels a little weird to ask your siblings to do it. Cause it kind of sends this vibe. Like maybe I don't trust you, <laughs> but um, like you're well, the I'm trust. We're going to have that problem because if I do that, they're just going to go, oh, geez, he's a lawyer. This is what they do. <laughs> it's true. But honestly, I would rather resign. Everybody else would probably have that problem. Like, I does would... he not trust me? Does he not? I would. Yeah. It's better to resign as a trustee if you're not going to ask for that. Mm-hmm. Like, if that feels too hard to ask your siblings for that confirmation or consent to, de- to you know, not follow the terms of the trust then you probably should just resign and let someone else do it because it's not worth the future headache for you. Cause yeah, I'd agree with that. Cause you're, you're responsible for it. And so you'd want to, you want to know you're not going to come back and have some big issue later on. So with that being said, Nathan, there is a, there are a lot of families out there that are just fine getting together and discussing what everyone wants and saying, you take that and I'll take this and everyone feels good about it and it's done and it's done. Yeah, that happened in my mom, on my mom's side when her parents passed away. Um, and I've actually heard lots of good stories. But probably for every good story, I've got at least one. Well, not I wouldn't say it's a one-to-one thing, but the ones that I have had to deal with, they're ugly enough that they're really bad. Caution, be cautious. Mm -hmm. And then we have to be fair also and say that the ones that go really smoothly and everybody's feeling great about it and so forth, those are not usually matters that make it to our office. True. But you know what, though, I've, I've heard people tell me that. And then later on in the conversation, they tell me themselves how they were frustrated about one part of it. Mm-hmm. So it didn't, it didn't lead to litigation. It didn't lead to like, it didn't even lead to someone saying, you know, what? I, I'm mad at you. I'm not talking to you again. Right. Like, but there, it, it's still, there were still some scenarios where people left with some some bad feelings, right? Yeah. So, so I like, this is what my favorite is. I like the trust to say, Hey, we've made a list. 
We want the trustee to follow that list if we pass away. And then anything not on the list um, should be distributed. And then there's some process, right? Whether it's each kid takes turns picking items, they draw straws, they do like a family auction, like a fake auction or um, something like that. And then I like, and then I like language in there that says, Hey, any of the items not selected, um, by our children, um, within, within a certain amount of time or at the end of this process, then the trustee can do whatever they want with it. They can sell it. They can give it away. They can throw it away. It's whatever the trustee decides. Um, because that's, that's the other issue. Sometimes family members have like this unreasonable expectation that everything should try to be sold. And yeah. some of it's donation, some of it's garbage. Mm -hmm. And then they're like, well, you, you had a fiduciary duty to sell that and give me the money, my, you know, my one fifth from the sell of those items. And it's like, we're not doing a whole Saturday yard sale to earn mm -hmm. 200 bucks. kids took all the good stuff. All that's left is the stuff that no one's going to buy even at a yard sale. So. Yeah. So I, I mean, I guess my issue with that, I, that's great having a process, but um, so you're saying you use that without a personal property memorandum. You don't have them complete a personal property. Memorandum. No, no, that's the first choice. So, so we, oh, okay. like I usually will have them have a personal property memorandum or I just call it like a list you of have backup language in case they don't fill one out. Well, they're, everything they're no matter how well they do, they're not going to get everything on that list, right? They're not going to list their knives and spoons and forks, or maybe they will, but probably not. So, yeah. So, so I mean, that's kind of our standard practices, personal property memorandum with good language in the trust that says, if I made a list, this is what should be done and then you follow that if i didn't make a list then this is the process mm -hmm. so personal property i think when it actually gets the hardest is when the client's incapacitated i mean what's well yeah because then you got that's a whole nother there's a lot of nervousness that I think goes on in the family, especially if there's been any tendency to have mistrust or relationship issues between amongst the, the siblings. But the fear is that somebody's incapacitated and somebody could move in at any moment and snatch that stuff up or. Mm -hmm. Or someone's stopping by and mm -hmm. just taking stuff for mom and dad when they're Things incapacitated. And sometimes it gets difficult because mom and dad need to move, right? They might need to go to assisted living or move in with one of their children. And so then you're dividing that, those items up when mom and dad are still alive. Yeah, which is, that's always difficult. But again, um, I think having things reduced to clear written guidelines is gonna be helpful in that scenario too. It is because the second mom and dad are incapacitated, the trustees still, they take over control of those personal items. And so they still have the permission to take steps to secure it, right? Hey, 
You know, do we need to restrict access? Do, you know, does certain family members need to have someone else there when they're with mom and dad because they're the ones taking stuff? That's a fun discussion. But, to have. I mean, it's kind of like you got to stop taking stuff or you got to have a babysitter. Which one do you want? You know what I mean? Um, that's no fun. But it's 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 much more straightforward if mom and dad's just moving in with one of the kids or moving to assisted living or something because then you just can address those items as if they had passed away, right? Like um, we're going to distribute them now because mom and dad can't use them. Yeah. If it's a permanent so. incapacitation, there's no way they're coming back, then that's a good solution. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that's something to keep in mind. Like that's sometimes, and that could have been kind of the case in your pottery example. Like, I don't know if there was a, no. sounds like they got a hold of that pottery maybe right before mom and dad died. But if they did. I honestly think that he, yeah, I think he'd been sick for a while. And so somehow one of the siblings ended up with everything who was not the trust, well, there was no trustee. There was just, there was no planning. So I guess that there was our first problem is there was no planning. Yeah, that that's a bad start. Surefire way to <laughs> at least get off on the wrong foot and potentially have a full-blown meltdown situation. So one other tip, and this is probably my last thought on personal property. And then if you have any last ones, Nathan, you should throw them out there. You wrap it. But um, honestly, the other, the thing that um, I think has tons of value and, you know, some families have already taken care of this and they're on it and others, you know, just keep thinking, oh, we need to do that. But it's, it's the family photos, right? Um, the memories. Get copies of that to everybody. Mm -hmm. And so we live in a great day and age where you can just take all of those to a business. There's some local that do it. There's some that are kind of Nail national mm -hmm. and they will scan everything and put it on an awesome digital file that you can share with everybody. Put videos on it. Mm -hmm. You can have it all squared away. That way um, everyone has those memories and it's, it's easy to, it's easy to make sure everyone is happy with that. So, yeah, because that's a tough one because there's generally only one copy of that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, and I think most people don't care about having the original. I think no. Digital's super yeah, convenient. Mm -hmm. That drive in so. and the computer, and you got everything. Yeah. So, okay. that's personal property, everyone. Yeah, and don't take it just because it's per tangible person property, smaller items, items maybe with less monetary value can cause every bit as many headaches as bigger ticket items. So plan for it. Yeah, you do not do not assume it's oh, they'll just figure that out. You're that's you're, a great way to get in trouble. You're setting them up for, for failure. Mm-hmm. Yep. You are. So don't do it that way. But okay, well, everyone have fun on your toys, your boats, <laughs> yeah. your Please jet skis. Safe, wear helmets. Make sure you list jackets. them.
list them on your personal property list. Mm -hmm. So you know who gets those items. Yes. And, and you're... we'll see you next time. See everyone. You've been listening to Legacy Lawyers with Michael Haslam and Nathan Croxford. We give you the juicy detail of cases that our law firm has dealt with. We take out the lawyer talk and legalese and show you what options some of our clients had to choose from to fix their situation. The effects of not doing planning can be devastating. We'll be back soon, but in the meantime, hook up with us on Facebook and Instagram at Voyant Legal. Call us at 801-951-0500 or send us an email at team at voyantlegal.com. And for commonly asked questions, hit voyantlegal.com slash resources. We'll see you next time.